Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the divisional round edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you, as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We thank all of you for tuning in, and we welcome you back to the podcast. I am Jason LaConfora, at Jason LaConfora on Twitter. I am joined, as always, by my main man, Brian Baldinger, at Baldy NFL on Twitter. And uh, we, we always welcome you guys to uh, give us feedback and check us out on social media and interact with us in that regard. Uh, we will be obviously reviewing uh, Wild Card Weekend, uh, the expanded playoff field, quality of play, competitive balance. Um, some of these games got out of hand pretty quickly, and even some of them that looked close on the scoreboard at the end were really kind of one-way traffic. So I'll delve into that with Baldy, get his thoughts on that. We will give you guys a thumbnail sketch on where we think the losers from last weekend's games head from here. Uh, what direction do they go in? Because many of those teams are facing some looming questions. And then we will also obviously preview the divisional round. Some people think this is the best weekend of the year on the NFL calendar. I tend to agree with those people. You could put me in that camp. And Baldy, we, we, we had a lot more football to consume last weekend than we're accustomed to in the wild card round. It stretched from, you know, Saturday afternoon to Monday night. And some of these teams that we thought, boy, is that really a playoff team? Like, could a team that flawed offensively? Could a team that yeah. limited by their scheme? Could a team that limited by talent on one side of the ball or the other really compete with the best of the best in the middle of January? 
and I think we we got that answer with a resounding thud in many cases, Baldy. Yeah, I mean, what what the Steelers did in Kansas City, you know, what the Eagles did in Tampa. I mean, you know, the seven seeds, like they just didn't really look like they belonged in the playoffs, and it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. I mean, there's, you know, you're as a, as an announcer, you know, those games, you know, whether you're Troy Aikman, whoever. I mean, it's just hard. It's yeah. hard to carry a game like that where it's so one sided. And all the flaws that you had seen for much of the year, you know, only get magnified in these playoff games. I mean, Todd Bowles could do whatever he wanted to do to the Eagles offense. And they really looked uh, helpless to do anything about it. And, you know, or to Justin, you know, and, you know, we we knew that, look, Ben's a great story, but, you know, there's no, you can't, the, the Steelers have to, you know, fix the position at quarterback to have a chance. They've got to fix the offensive line. I mean, they've got major weaknesses that everybody knew and you can keep putting up, you know, a certain player's resume and what he's accomplished and all that. It doesn't help you in a game. It doesn't help you manufacture a point in a playoff game when, when the defense gives you every opportunity in the first quarter to try to get in the game, stay in the game, be in the game, and then to get steamrolled like that. I mean, it's just a, it's a bad look. Yeah. It's a yeah. bad look for the NFL. I mean, when, when three of your five playoff games to kick off the playoff season are complete duds. Uh, you know, what the Patriots did, uh, Jason, look, I've never seen a team more perfect than the Bills yeah. ever yeah. at any level. You know, playoffs, Super Bowl, regular season. I mean, they had 54 offensive snaps, Jason. They didn't have a negative play. <laughs> put up 42, point, play. Put up 42 points a, a on 54 game. plays, Baldy. It's ridiculous. 54 plays. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback be that perfect. I mean, everything that Josh Allen decided to do, I mean, even when he tried to throw the ball away on the opening drive of the game, yep. it ends up Dawson as a Rams. touchdown. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that could be duplicated, but, you know, the Patriots, you know, the way I look at that, I know Mac Jones is a rookie, and you, you, if you're Bill Belichick right now, legitimately you have to say, looking up at Buffalo and how they built this team with that quarterback, you have to say, are we doing it the right way? Yeah. I mean, because if you just think you're going to run the ball and physically dominate the line of scrimmage, what happened to that team is they just got worn down. Yeah. Like that style of play was really good for about eight weeks this year. And it just like every one of those players, Dante Hightower, Jawan Bentley, they all got, you know, Matt Judon, they all got worn down playing that style of football on both sides of the ball. They got worn down and it just got exposed. And so you have to say, Look, we we you got to you have to get the ball down the field with explosive plays in this game. You just have to. You have to have those type of players and that type of mentality. And if you just think you can control the game at the line of scrimmage and just run it and dink and dunk like that, that that's that that style of football. Analytics say it is just it's just not the way to win. Well, and we'll stick on the Patriots here for a minute. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to shortchange the Bills. It's 47 points on 54 plays. I'm sorry, 41 yeah. is what the Chiefs put up in a different blow blowout, and we'll get to the Steelers in a minute. But if you're going to be who the Patriots think they are, then Baldy, they're going to have to have a team in the trenches that looks a lot more like Tampa than the roster they currently have, right? I mean, yeah. the offensive line, not good enough, not deep enough. Defensive line, Front seven, not good enough, not deep enough, right? I mean, when you're get when you're playing for your lives against Josh Allen and Judon's only on there for twenty two of fifty six snaps, and uh, 
I don't know. Did Uche play? I don't know. You know what I mean? No, Vinovich? I, 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 like, Vinovich, yeah. is he is he still in the league? I, I don't know. Remind me. Like, right. that's supposed right. to be the core of their edge play. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. <clears throat> I mean, you need pass rushers. You can't scheme your rush and, you know, rush three and get your second level, you know, once the quarterback gets flushed and make them hold the ball. Like, you can make Josh Allen hold the ball. He showed you. He'll hold it. You know, you want Josh Allen to hold for nine seconds, he'll hold it, and he'll still carve you up. So, like, that's not – you. when you play Josh Allen and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and UK, oh, we'll rush three and, you know, we'll we'll, we'll have a drop an eight-man zone. Like, okay, they're going to eat you up. Like, they're not going to – they're not going to do what some of these quarterbacks – you know, I'm just going to throw names out there, but, you know, Kyler Murray, Tua – I mean, they, I mean, those guys might succumb to that. Yeah. But these elite players, I mean, Patrick Mahomes will, you know, he'll run by you. He'll hold it. He'll do whatever he has to do if you're going to rush three. They know it right away. The uh, the other teams that lost in the AFC, I kind of cluster them together. In my mind, as I was kind of taking the train home from New York and, you know, just kind of reflected on the playoffs while I was watching that debacle in Kansas City. Um it kind of feels like a, the the Raiders and like if you want to sell me as New England as being sort of upstart and they've got a ways to go, but you know we'll see about Mac Jones and it is Bill Belichick and they got better from the year before. Like I, I'll buy that that they could be perhaps somewhat ascending, but you look at the end of the Ben Big Ben era and and what I mean that wasn't an NFL offense they ran this year. You know what I mean? It it, it no. just wasn't. Like you no. can't grade their receivers like what is Deontay Johnson? Well, when every catch is a medicine ball, when you know you're going to be within 5 yards of the line of scrimmage, you're going to be in a high traffic area and then they're hoping and praying that you could create yak out of that cuz the ball's coming out in 2.2 seconds no matter what. That that yeah. ain't NFL football, right? And then so you've got them having to figure out who they are moving forward, the Steelers in a way they never have before. And now you have truly the end of the John Gruden era, which is over in five years and not 10 for Mark Davis, because he's going to have a new coach there. They've already fired the general manager. You know, they may or the new people may or may not want to keep Derek Carr. They've missed on so many high draft picks that that could be a complete reboot as well. And let's face it, that team had a lot of holes as it was. I kind of feel like there's a lot of questions to be asked to those two organizations. And this looks to me maybe like more of the end than the beginning for them. Well, anytime you you come in with a, a new philosophy, which when you bring in a new general manager and a new coach, you're going to have a different philosophy. There's always players caught in that transition. And unfortunately, that's all the Raiders have ever been, is just a transition team, even with John and Mike. I mean, they nobody shuffled more defensive players right. at linebacker, defense line. I mean, they missed on so many draft picks, free agents. They've come and gone. Um, and so... You know who are the core players? Obviously, Max Crosby. I mean, you could you can figure out yeah. who a couple of them are, but you know the, you're going to get a team that's going to be completely in transition, and it's probably going to take a while. Then you got to make a decision if Derek Carr is your guy, and uh, if you want to continue to build around him, or if you want to start fresh. And so there's there's I mean I don't even know who conducts the interviews, you know, in some of these organizations yeah. to yeah. get the right guy. Yeah. Right. I mean I, I don't. You know, because there's blueprints out there, Jason. I mean, I know that Brett Veach wasn't the general manager when Andy Reid took over. Right. But, you know, they, they elevated the right guy. Yes. You know, when Brandon Bean, you know, hired, you know, came from Carolina with Sean McDermott, 
I mean, there was a blueprint and a plan and a togetherness. And you can see, we you know, when Ozzy hired John Harbaugh, yep. I mean, there's a way to do this the right way. And you, you know, you get that quarterback, you build around that quarterback. You never stop building around that quarterback if you get the position right. Yeah. And so there's, there's a real formula out there to, to how to, to get this thing where you're, a, you know, you're a perennial contender every year. And I don't know that some of these organizations, the way the process is right now, that they're going to get that right. I mean, obviously the Jets have always gotten that wrong. Yep. And, you know, the Giants are just stuck right now. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, it, it's it, it you, it's just hard to see the light, you know. And so you've got to get – you've got to – the beginning process here in Oakland, in Chicago, in Minnesota – you know, keep going on and on. It's it, you got to get the process right from the beginning, with the general manager and the coach in lockstep. And uh, the Steelers, Baldy. I mean that that's a team that look. We know this much. Mike Tomlin has already had his end of the season press conference. He's given a vote of support to Matt Canada, who I don't think had the never had a quarterback who could run what he wanted. Like that, the the pairing of him and Ben was was never going to be great. Um, because Ben can't move, you know what I mean? And, and he has yeah. some things he wants to do with the quarterback position that are just impossible. Uh, and we've heard Mike Tomlin say that Haskins and Mason Rudolph are going to be in the mix at quarterback. I believe well, strongly, one of those guys can move. No, no. I mean, they, right. Neither one of those guys can move. No. And, and so I, I strongly believe they're going to draft a quarterback because I don't think there's going to be as much quarterback action this offseason as some believe. And like Russell Wilson and Sierra ain't living in Western PA. So, you know, yeah. like it, it, the options are going to be limited. Derek Carr, yeah. you can maybe sell me on that. But regardless, it's not just that they're like a lot of people focus on the quarterback. I think the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we've come to know them on that side of the ball, is likely to be very different, if not this coming year, because they still don't have the guys, certainly by 2023. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. I mean, they, they, there's going to be a, a big change there. And so uh, I don't know that they can fix this thing in one year um, because it, it, the offense has got a – I don't know what Matt Canada's offense is going to look like. I mean, I know who he is and what his background right. is. But, you know, if that quarterback that's going to start, you know, Labor Day weekend next year for the Steelers isn't on the roster, I don't know what it's going to look like and how long it's going to take. And the other conference, I kind of felt like, again, reflecting on the weekend, and you and I have documented this, I feel like at least once a month, I'd ask you about the Cowboys and the and the Cardinals, and are we really, really buying this, you know, because we're, for both teams, it kind of looked like the defense better be like totally, totally legit, because these offenses, man, the more the sample size expands, the less ideas they seem to have, and now we're looking at them at a crossroads, right? Three years in with Cliff and Kyler, I'm still not sure exactly what that offense is. And Jerry Jones sitting there, two years of Mike McCarthy, not many or really any signature wins. A team that he thought was going to the Super Bowl doesn't win a playoff game. And and there's, what, eight or nine coaching openings, and half those teams want to talk to one of his coordinators or the other. Interesting times for both of these teams, and, and I don't think either one was ever as close to a Lombardi trophy as certain people in their organizations probably thought. I would agree. I mean, you go back to, I mean, you, you should start with the Cowboys because that was clearly the most disappointing game. It was the most anticipated game of the weekend. 
I mean, I picked the 49ers as soon as the matchup happened. Um, you know, to, just to see them, forget about the 14 penalties or Dak getting hit 14 times or sacked five times. Forget about all that. Forget about the final play Ooh. of the game and, you know, and all the uproar that that created. Forget about all of that. The 49ers look like a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They played with playoff intensity. They knocked the Cowboys all over the place from the game's first play. And the third quarter where you say, okay, it's 16-7, to 7, time to get back in this game, that was one of the worst quarters by any team I've watched play all year, Jason. Yeah. Offensively, they couldn't function. No. So you could say, okay, Kellen Moore, Dak. I mean, every offensive lineman outside of Zach Martin got beat. They all had holding calls. Mm-hmm. They all jumped off sides. Like, nothing looked good. No. But I don't want to take one thing away from the 49ers. They dictated that from the first play. From the opening drive offensively to what they did defensively, they kicked the living stuffing out of the Cowboys. And you have to – and, you know, for Jerry to sit there in that stadium, to see the sun glaring in that third down throw to Cedric Wilson, like, the whole thing looked bad. Yep. If you're Jerry Jones. Home playoff game. The shots – that CBS kept giving you of the fans just like rolling their eyes Disarray. going, I can't believe yeah. we're watching it. Yeah. Like, yeah. because those Cowboy fans that are buying those seats and supporting that franchise, they've watched this for 25 years when they do get to the playoffs. Yep. They've watched these crumbling home playoff losses when they're expected to do great things. You know, it's been going on now for, you know, two and a half decades. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know what the status of Mike, you know, Mike McCarthy is, or, you know, how high on the list Kellen Moore is. I, I don't really understand that. I understand Me Dan either. Quinn. Yep. I understand Dan Quinn to a degree because he's done it and he's had some success. But uh, to, to me, that you can't get the ball to your star players uh, anyway. The quarterback, you know, had one of his worst games he played all year. Um, that's not how you want to enter the playoffs, Jason. No, no, it's it's not. Um, and I feel like the arrows pointing down on a lot of those offensive linemen when you start t- looking at how much mileage is on, you know, how much treads on those tires and, and injuries starting to mount. I think that the arrow is definitely down on Zeke. Um, and I don't know about, you know what I mean? To me, Dak is somewhere... I don't know between the tenth and eighteenth well, best quarterback you know, in the league. I I don't know. Forget about the salary or the contract. I mean, if you say right now, Dak is a like I understand the term franchise quarterback, but let's just not throw it around. Mm-hmm. Let's just not crown even Josh Allen at this point as good as he is. Like let's just not crown Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. Let's see how they do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Let's see them get through the playoffs the way Patrick Mahomes has, Aaron Rodgers has, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, they have done that. Let's see how they do in this next round, in the following round. But, like, you can't say that Dak is an elite franchise quarterback. There's just – you just you. can't say that. Just because he wears number four and he wears the star, like they've had two of those guys in Dallas, and they were Staubach and Aikman. Yeah. And they yeah. deserved all of, the, all of the accolades that they have received and still get. But Tony Romo couldn't do that, you know, and he couldn't elevate a team to get get to that level. Right. And so I think you have to look, be honest with it and say, like, this is not 
an elite, elite player. It's, it's just not because he didn't play at that level when he had to on Sunday. Well, and then we can go to that the other team I mentioned there because they remind me of each other. Cliff and Kyler, the the Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott principle. Um, the more they have to go out there through the course of a season and keep doing it, the less returns you tend to get. We're now 46 starts into Kyler Murray's career. Uh, I think it's 70 touchdown passes, 34 picks, uh, you know, a TD percentage of 4.4%. He is completing for his career, you know, almost 67% of his passes. But Baldy, 7.2 yards per attempt, you know, not not standout stuff. Um, and they're, well, at, they're, at, they're at the point where, where, where he could get paid. You know what I mean? He's three years in. This is when you, you know, pick up the fifth-year option and you could start extending a guy. I don't know that they could double down on this coach or this this quarterback right now. Well, I mean, look, the, the, the team's gone from three to five to eight to 11 wins. I mean, that says that they're on a good arc. But you have to always kind of, you know, start fresh and, and work backwards. So what we watched – on Monday night was horrendous. Like anything that made Kyler Murray the first pick in the draft and said, we're going to build around this guy, whatever elite athletic tools you say that he has weren't like, none of it was on display. Like he, he didn't have elite movement. Yeah. He, he, he couldn't throw the ball on the run. He couldn't do anything. Like it was a, it was a horrible performance. And so you're like, okay, and, and we all know that the playoff season is a new level. Uh, it's a different level of intensity. You know, you're going to get the best out of Von Miller. But to see him go down, Von Miller is breathing on him, he falls down. Yeah. Aaron Donald, like, gets near him and he goes down. Like, we didn't see elite movement. You didn't see any of that. And then when he did get outside the pocket, we saw the ball bounce off the turf, to being thrown over Christian Kirk's head. Like, nothing – he didn't show one skill. No. And we know that he's got him, yeah. but we didn't see one skill in that game that said that he's special. He, he That's a special player. Not like what we saw from Josh Allen on Saturday right. night where you go, what can't this guy do? Right. Like we've never seen that before. So like we're talking about two totally di- – and look, the biggest question mark about Kyler when he was going through the draft process was his size. Yep. And you can't watch him in that game and go, his size is a limiting factor. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't ever want to say somebody can't do something. Um, Russell Wilson isn't that much taller than Kyler, but, you know, he has done it. So you can't say that size is – a. but it looks like it limits what he can do and what he can see. Yeah, for that offense to just completely crumble without DeAndre Hopkins is is, – has got to be troubling. And then the other team, the Eagles, I kind of look at them like the Patriots in that, okay, they found a way to get where they got and it was good enough to get in the expanded dance. But playing option football in the NFL in the postseason, you know, when they're daring you to throw it and they're going to take away your run lanes to the right side and say, if you could beat us running left or (laughs) throwing, booting out to the left side, then Godspeed, we don't think you can do it. Um, And look, I, I... are they going to use one of those three picks in the first 19 of this draft on a quarterback? They might. I still think Hertz is probably their guy starting next season. I don't know that he finishes it. And you know how he'll always make a trade. But I, I kind of feel like they felt like the Patriots where, you know, it is good enough to get you to be, you know, the middle of the pack in your conference. But that's really 
as far as it's going to take you. I felt like watching that game, Jason, and then studying the game that the literally the Bucks were using the Eagles like it was a warm up act <laughs> to get ready for the playoffs. That's what it looked like. I mean, you watch these, you watch Jamel Dean just manhandle Devontae Smith or just manhandle Jalen Rager or Carlton Davis or, you know, Whitehead. Like, they physically just whipped yeah. them on the perimeter. You watch, you know, just Vita Vea have his way inside. You watch the speed of Devin White. I felt like it was just a warm-up act. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, let's get rid let, – let's finish preseason. Let's get to the postseason. That's how it looked to me. I thought Nick Sirianni called a terrible game. Mm. They went back to the perimeter football. Yeah. Like, they can't yeah. win on the perimeter. No. You know, like, you you can keep putting Jalen Rager out there. <laughs> Jalen Rager, like – those guys, like there was one play that I put out there, Jason, this week, where they literally double three receivers and they just put Jamel Dean on on Jalen Rager and like just and he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage on. Yeah, and I just said like, don't listen to me and don't listen to anybody else out there. Just watch what the Bucks are doing here. Like they don't have any fear of this guy. Uh-huh. He couldn't get off the line of scrimmage on Jamel. So like, you can't get off the line of scrimmage. You, it, you know. You could say he's a first rounder, and you keep marching out there. I, I go find, I go find a receiver. Yeah, that you know, well, and, and physically and, block. Like, and Devontae, then it played over like to special teams. Ball, we all like Devontae Smith, but in this game, if your receivers aren't blocking, like you're not hitting right. home runs in the run game. Right, you're just not. Right. Well, let's stay in the NFC. The Bucks are now off of their quasi buy. Um, they get a Rams team that obviously it was one-way traffic against a Cardinals team that they know very well. But I, I think this is obviously a very different challenge as we record this right now. You know, we'll have to see about the left tackle situation of the Bucks and Tristan Wirfs. We know their stud center, Ryan Jensen, was banged up. He stayed in that game. I would be shocked if he doesn't start this game. Um, can the Rams do to the Bucks in the trenches, what they did to Arizona? Oh, I don't think they can run the ball, you know, with Cam Akers and Sony Michelle the way they did on, you know, this weekend. I, I, I don't think, like, I don't think the Bucks are in, are impenetrable. Right. But I just don't believe that they're going to run through them, you know, run a cross block on the left guard and left tackle and go for 35 yards to start a game. Like, I don't, I don't think that's happening to Jason Pierre-Paul and Vita Vea. Like, I, I just – and when you have Levante David, who just got his sea legs back underneath him, like, he'll be a lot better in this game. And so the speed that they have at linebacker, I, I just don't see them – because I don't think physically the Rams are very good up front. I yeah. think they're yeah. tough guys, you know, Havenstein and, you know, Corbin. I mean, I think they're tough guys. But I, I don't see them moving the line of scrimmage. And I just think if you take the running game away from Matt Stafford, like it really limits what you want to do to Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and Tyler Higby. I, I think you know you can have good game plans and you, you could go draft, you know, go, you know, make a, a blockbuster trade to get the quarterback. But I think if you if it's a one dimensional game, it it favors the Bucks at this point. I do think that you know conversely though, I do think that uh, the the Rams defense can give the Bucks some problems, especially mm-hmm. without Tristan Worse. Yeah. Like I, I I think that that's going to be a, a real problem position. We know what Tom Brady can look like. You know, just pull out any Saint game. What he looks like when the things start crumbling in front of yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, 
um, that thing can, can collapse pretty quickly. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think that this game is going to be one in the trenches and like who, who gets that part done right now. It is a little tough for the Rams though, right? I mean, they played the last game of the weekend. Um, they got to turn around on what's a short week for them and fly all the way cross country. Uh, yeah, but it's, a, it's, you know, this is what they're built for. You know, I mean, you, you give up all these assets yeah. and like, I, yeah. I understand, like I always, you know, the like stars. Okay. I mean, you know, they, they just call them like they're heavily invested players. All right. They've given a lot up a lot to get Von Miller and to get, you know, uh, you know, Matt Stafford and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they're, they're top heavy. Those guys got to really shine. And I do think in this game, you know, with, in light of what happened to AB and Chris Godwin and whatnot, you know, at the receiver position, Cyril Grayson, um, I do think that, you know, they're going to lean heavily on Mike Evans. And if they do that, I mean, the Rams are going to put Jalen right. on him. Right. And you do have a guy, I don't know that Jalen could just eliminate Mike Evans, but he, you know, he, he'll enjoy, the he'll enjoy that yeah. competition yeah. for yeah. sure. I mean, he'll, he'll be, you know, he'll be looking to play his biggest game of the year. Like he lives to play an ex-receiver, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I do think that if you, you don't have to win every matchup, but if you just get Brady to get off Evans, have to go someplace else with the ball, like that just gives that defensive line that much more time to get to Brady. Do you lean to the Bucks in this one? I'm, I'm leaning towards the Bucks, but I, I, but if the Rams come out and play a great game, and you know Von Miller and Aaron Donald just you know just really disrupt this game. I I, I mean I I'm, I wouldn't say that the Rams can't win it, but right. I'm leaning towards the Bucks at this point. The other game in the NFC, the 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 Packers don't come off a quasi buy as the Bucks did. They come off a real buy. Um, I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers' toe feels better than it ever has. We're talking about the the potentially the specter of Bakhtiari. Uh, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, all performing in this football game. But the 49ers look like the little engine that could. And, and again, we're going to have to see, you know, if Werner. We're, obviously, there's there's injury situations that will have to play out um, through the week. I know Fred pretty much indicated on social media he thinks he's good to go. But obviously, there's doctors involved. Uh, can the 49ers keep this close? Can the 49ers... Um, continue this this uh surge that they're on well they can i mean i we got to see just you know how healthy is jimmy garoppolo i mean you know if you listen to the reports the interception he threw that got the cowboys back in the game in the fourth quarter you know related to you know to the hand you know and now you're saying you know the shoulder is you got some level of sprain in that Mm -hmm. shoulder i don't know if he can throw a football you know the way he's got to throw football today or sunday uh, or Saturday night. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, minus eight degrees windshield, if that affects those things with Garoppolo. I know this. If the 49ers, if you just look at the end of the game, Jason, if the 49ers have 33 or 35 or 38 runs, they're in the game. It's going to be a close game. And so can they stay on the field long enough to allow the running game to really go to work? Because when it does, it, I mean, it's just a symphony. Yeah. of how it works and all the moving parts. And, you know, you watch the Cowboys on Sunday, great players like Micah Parsons, like he's catching blocks instead of defeating blocks because you're coming at him from every angle. And, you know, nobody you 
nobody can duplicate what the 49ers do in the run game. And so I think that, that you know, but if, if the, at the end of the day they're, they're running it 20 times, um, you know, this thing might get ugly. Uh, and Garoppolo, if, you, if you're asking him to just drop back and throw it, like I don't think he's going to beat the Packers doing that. I do think, though, you know, you mentioned getting these guys back. I hear everybody saying Bakhtiari and Zadarius. I, you know, if you haven't played in months, Jason, mm-hmm. and then you're expected to go out and play a, like a preseason playoff team, you know, like they play really fast, the yeah. 49ers. Yeah. They flow yeah. fast. I don't know that you can just get back t- to speed after being out that long. Like, I, I question. Yeah, it's going to be you know, fascinating. If, like, I, I don't have any question that David Bakhtiari is, a, is an elite player. I, I know he is. But if you haven't played and all of a sudden you're going to go at playoff tempo, I, I don't know that, you know, Nick Boza, Charles Amenahu, uh, you know, whoever's lining up out there, like, if he's going to, if he's not going to have trouble with them. Is it fair to say, like, I, I have a hard time coming up with a script where the 49ers win this game in which Debo Samuel isn't, you know, the best player on the football field, right? Like, I I don't know. Like, if he's not – if he's anything less than brilliant, I I don't know that the margins are there for them to win this thing. Is that fair? No, that's that's legit, Jason, really legit. I mean, he's their best player. You know, and to really Kyle's credit, you know – he really got a chance to go carry the ball this year because he had injuries at every right. at every running back, and they're like, "We need somebody to, to carry it," you know. And he, you know, he just has a body type. He's really good at it. He reads, he reads almost like a running back. And then, like, there's the one thing about him that all running backs should watch all of them. Like when he sees a hole, there's not an ounce of hesitation. Like he takes that thing full speed. And I'm with you. Like that 26 yard touchdown run the other day was a thing of beauty. Like, you know, that cutback run and seeing the opening, like, that's legit. So you got to get the ball to them a minimum of 12 times, minimum, of between running it and catching Mm -hmm. it. And so Elijah Mitchell, I got no questions. That guy's a legit back. They'll give, they'll have problems with what they do with Juice and and, uh, Kittle and how the receivers block and how it all works. Like, it's a bunch of moving parts. It's a Swiss, it's a Swiss watch. Yeah. There's just a lot of moving parts that fit perfectly together. Um, just It's just the way that they're coached and the emphasis. And we've seen the Packers in a playoff game struggle two years ago against it. And they could – and I know it's a different coordinator and all that, oh, yeah. but uh, they could struggle the same way. Uh, so that, to me, is, is huge. But, yes, Debo has to be, you know, like you said, I mean, him Super or Devontae, nice you know, maybe – you know, maybe Aaron Jones, like the, the best player on the field. Well, you mentioned, but, you know, look, oh, sorry. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, like all of this, <laughs> all the bluster and yeah. whatever you want to call the off season, starting with that playoff loss mm-hmm. to Tampa last year uh, and that post game press conference and everything you went through, like you get a week rest. You're, you're the, the bona fide number one seeded team in this whole tournament. You're the number one seeded team. Nobody's won more games in the NFL than the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers in three years. Like you're the bona fide um, number one pick of this whole thing. Like you have to win this game at Lambeau Field. Agreed. Agreed. And you mentioned a few minutes ago, the Green Bay Packers and the walking wounded and all the guys coming back 
after being out for months. We'll go over to the other conference where the weekend kicks off. Um, both these games on uh, we'll have on CBS with the Titans hosting the Bengals, a big bad bully of a football team built by a big bad bully of a head coach. And Mike Vrabel comes in well rested. Derrick Henry, I, I don't know how many carries he's going to get, but he's he's on track to factor in this game at least to some degree. Um, I don't know if it's fair to expect him to come right back and and be where he left off before, you know, he had surgery on his foot, but we know the kind of beast he can be, especially this time of year. Uh, What are your thoughts about this one, Baldy? Well, I like Tennessee. Yeah, I really do. And, you know, whether Derrick Henry looks like the King or not, I don't know. Dante Foreman averaged 4.3 yards a carry. It's exactly what Derrick Henry averaged before he, you know, he had the ankle injury. Um, they've, they've kind of just, <laughs> they just carried on. And, you know, it's a credit. It's a credit to, you know, one of the reasons why they're a good running football team is they're committed to it. It's who they are. It's their identity. And, you know, Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold and Jones and, you know, um, you know, all the guys up front, Quisenberry, like they, they're a good group. The tight ends, how they run it, fullback, two back. Uh, what they asked Tannehill to do, mm-hmm. uh, that's all, like, Cincinnati's going to have problems. They're just going to have problems with it. Um, that stuff is coming right down their throats. And they don't they don't really, like, I know Cleveland can do that. Um, but they're they're healthy. I mean, Cleveland was banged up all year at every position. Right. Um, you know, so they, they have seen teams that know how to run the ball. Um, you know, Pittsburgh has a big back. I, I don't know that they're built – especially with Ogan Joby out. We'll see what Hendrickson looks like. Uh, they're a little weakened inside. Yeah. But I, I think the problem is going to be we saw Joe Burrow, uh, you know, have an awesome game, an awesome debut in the playoffs. We saw how he handled it, you know, like yep. this, we expected to do this. Not too high. Uh, I love their game plan. They, they got the ball to their best player, Jamar Chase. Yep. You know, they fed him from the opening play of the game. They went to Jamar Chase. Yep. They got a matchup they liked with Brandon Faison. They went after him. That's what you should do. You know, it's good game plan. Um, but they do love empty sets, Jason. Yeah, they started the they game. First two love- plays empty. Good luck against Tennessee's front. That's that. That's my point. Like, I know they're not a pack it in, let's protect Joe, let's get two receivers out. They they don't run those plays. That's not what Joe Burrow likes. He, You know, there's a reason why, we said it last week, there's a reason why he was the most sacked quarterback yep. in the league. Um, because he's vulnerable. And – that's to me is where this whole thing, whether like I said, whether Derrick Henry plays, looks like Derrick Henry, like to me, this is where this game is going to be won or lost. Can Isaiah Prince and Akima Denaji, can they hold up against, you know, Simmons and Landry and Dupree? Uh, that's a good group. Yes. It's a really good group. And the addition of Zach Cunningham has been a great addition. I mean, that guy's a good, really good player, and he's he's read he's added a lot. Like this is going to be a different type of game for Joe Burrow. Like, he's going to get hit in this game. And if he holds now, you know, maybe Jamar Chase just wears out Christian Fulton, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yep. and that, that's, that, that certainly could happen. Um, so, but I think that's where this game is going to be won. I, I feel like Tennessee knows who they are, and I don't know if there's any team in the AFC that went in there this weekend that can beat that team right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there, Baldy. And 
finally what might end up being the game of the weekend. It certainly feels like an AFC championship game to me, even though it's only the divisional round. You 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 mentioned it at the start of the podcast. The Buffalo Bills play basically a perfect game against a division rival that they despise. Um, they were exercising demons, it felt like, in that game um, with a primal scream on the scoreboard and the football field. Now, though, a little different challenge going to Arrowhead against the Chiefs team that we we know the Steelers can play at least a little bit of defense. I mean, they're not great against the run, but, you know, they they, they can get sacks. They 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 did enough to, to get that offense to the postseason. And basically, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes about midway through the second quarter said, oh, yeah, this game started, and then they hanged 41 the rest of the way. Uh, th- this will be fascinating to me. I don't even know how to analyze it, to be honest with you, Jason. I mean, I, I could sit in there and I could talk about, okay, Chiefs like man coverage. There's Stephon Diggs and, you know, all these guys, Emmanuel Sanders, great route runners, and there's this emerging Dawson Knox that looks mm-hmm. like he's going to be, you know, I don't know if he's Travis Kelsey. I don't know who anybody is, but, I mean, he's he's a legitimate, you know, uh, option right now for Josh Allen. I mean, I just feel like when you get this game, like you got these two quarterbacks on the field, like just get out of the way. Like, yeah. you know, if I was announcing the game Sunday, I mean, I if you just talked about the quarterbacks every play, you wouldn't be wrong. Like these guys are what this league is, has always been about. I remember in 84 when Miami and San Francisco played in the Super Bowl and all we talked about was Marino and Montana. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's where we're at with this. It's just it's Josh Allen. Like who makes a mistake? Who who flinches? Who forces a ball? Um, who forces a ball that really was a bad force versus I'm giving my guy a chance to go get it. Right. You know, and so you could break it down with Kelsey and Tyreek, and you know, I mean, it looked like Jeff McKinnon might have a bigger role, mm-hmm. you know, at the, the tailback position. So you could. Devin Singletary's emergence and what he's done the last. Six I was going to ask you about that. I feel like this well, is the it, best Buffalo look, I mean, team we've seen because of his know, explosion in the run game. Now, well, it's, it's you know it's the regular to, to me <clears throat> the emergence of Devin Singletary. Um, I don't know if you've ever met Devin Singletary, but Frank Gore introduced me to him when Frank was still there. Okay, and he's shorter than Frank Gore. Yeah, but you know he's five. He's five seven max. Right. He, but he, but he's Brian Westbrook in a way, you know. Uh, it's it's just how powerful and explosive he is. But you know, the, the regular season has to be your uh, your training ground right. for the postseason. The so when the Bills got smoked by the Patriots on that Monday night, um, you know, and they they couldn't stop the run and they couldn't run. You know, and they they you know, Sean McDermott said we're we're going to run the ball. We're, we're going to run it. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not putting it in Josh Allen's hands every play. And since that time, um, they, they've become a much better offense. Yep. And, and they, you know, they had Zach Moss and they had all these different guys. They, they said motors are guy and they picked the right guy. And the offense has got balance. He, you know, he had two rushing touchdowns. He finishes runs. Uh, he's a good blocker. Like, you know, the, they're better. Now that they said, okay, we're not going to let this right. happen anymore. We're going to hand the ball off. We're going to get under center a little bit. We're going to do some of this stuff. And it, it's paid off for them. Do you have a lean or prediction for that one? Or is it a total toss-up? <clears throat> I think it's a total toss-up. But too. let's just face it, Jason. So, so 
The regular season is is the training ground for the postseason. The Bills benefited. They go to Arrowhead last year in the AFC Championship game, and Patrick Mahomes has their way with the defense. He throws three touchdowns. He throws for over 300 yards. And what did the Bills do in the draft? They went and got Gregory Rousseau. They got Boogie Basham. Yeah. They got Starlo Tule back from COVID. You know, they, they're much better up front on the defensive line than they were in that game a year ago. Now, do those guys make a difference this weekend against a rebuilt? You know, and the Chiefs did the same thing. Right, right. Chiefs so rebuilt we, the offensive line. Orlando they, Brown, they, Joe Tooney, draft so the center. Yeah. Is the rebuilt defensive front of Buffalo can a challenge or win against a rebuilt right. offensive line of the Chiefs? Like, both these teams are doing everything the right way. You know, and here's – and you're right. Like, I, you, you kind of feel like this should be the championship game. Um but it's just a divisional round, which is fine. It's not to slight Tennessee or right. Cincinnati at all. Um, but it, it has that buildup to it. It's the final game. It's at Arrowhead. It's a rematch of a championship game a year ago. Uh, here we go again. And so I, it, it's a toss-up to me right now, yeah. Jason. I'm with you. I have a hard time handicapping that one as well. But it should be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. You, know, you, you you know, you know, one of the things that you always look at, you know, when you're doing the research and everything is, you know, like all the crossovers between the two teams. And you look at Andy Reid, mm-hmm. you know, and how he had Sean McDermott yep. and he had Leslie Frazier yep. and Steve Spagnuolo all on the all on the staff together yep. all at the same time. And here these guys are in these positions where I, I think you'd be foolish not to interview Leslie Frazier you know, for a head coach job. I mean, just foolish. Like the guy just knows how to lead and. You know, like he's really good at his job, and you know he, you you you'd feel good about him running your organization. But yes. there's the Andy Retree, you know, yep. right there, you know, calling these the signals for this game. No, I, I am absolutely with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, of the coaches coaching this weekend, I mean, Todd Bowles is another one. Like, yeah, you're going to yeah. tell me there's 32 better head coaches than Todd Bowles? Exactly. I'm going to tell you you're out of your mind, but. We'll, we'll see where we'll see where that goes um, as well. Well, listen, we appreciate you guys as always for listening to us chat ball here on Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, you can find me at Jason Lock and Four on Twitter. You can find Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Um, please rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Goodness, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. We're there um, on all those formats, so you can check us out there and um, make sure you get notifications whenever. We drop our new pods. Uh, We'll be down to the final four when we do this next week. Uh, We cannot wait to see these games, and uh, we we hope we get um, a few more compelling ones than we did last week, and I I think we will, Baldy. Cream rises, and I I, I think we're we're, we're down to the nitty-gritty here, and it should be um, a hell of a weekend of football. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this is the – you know, we get two each, each day. Saturday and Sunday, and, you know, if one turns into a stinker, we'll ride the second game or <laughs> vice versa. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have some great games this weekend to talk about next week, Chase. No doubt about it. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.